Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Home day? That's right. All downhill from here. Cruise right towards the weekend. Good to have you with us, uh, you great 6 a.m. listeners who never hit the snooze button. Good morning, Mark Schlereth. Good morning, Michael. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. We yeah. al- I almost nailed it with uh, Nikola Jokic's stat line last night. Yeah. Almost. I said he would take more, take less shot, have more assists than shots. Correct. 11 shots, 10 assists, I believe. Shot, shot, shot. Beep, 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 beep. Shot, shot, beep, Explosive. Yeah, it's not a beep, beep, beep. It's more shoo, shoo, shoo. I got to teach. Next time I'm around Gannon, I got to teach him what lasers actually sound like. Right? Too much, you know what that just says to me? Too much of a football guy. Hasn't had enough time to watch, like, Austin sci-fi. Powers, yeah. like, I want freaking sharks with laser beams on there. He, like, he's not He's not taking enough time. Yeah. Yeah. More. Boo, boo, boo. Less. Zoo, zoo, zoo. Yeah. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Totally. Bad. He's a bad. He got bad laser sound. So I predicted that Jokic would go six of nine from the field and he'd have more assists and shots taken, more of a passive distributor last night. And um, seven of 11. So close. I said six of nine, seven of 11. And he had 10 assists. Ho-hum, another uh, stat-padding triple-double. Right, according to Kendrick Perkins. Let me just play that, by the way. This is Kendrick Perkins, who accuses Jokic of stat-padding. When I watch the games, I'm watching Jokic pass the ball, and I'm watching his guys catch and shoot, catch and shoot, no hesitation, good or bad shot. And let me tell you one thing. It goes on, it conversations goes on in that locker room, and players know where their stats are. Are you sitting here and saying Nikola Jokic is having his numbers padded? Is that what you're saying? You heard you heard what the hell I said. I said he had eight single, he had eight games where he had single digit shot attempts. And for a while, it was 9.5 assists he was averaging, 9.8. And all of a sudden, I saw those shot attempts and his points go down, and I started to see his assists go up. Perk, stop it. Stop it. You're embarrassing I, yourself. I tell you what, the, you are the, embarrassing the yourself. hatred that just the, oh, I mean, you want to talk about just unmitigated hatred toward a player. I mean, toward what a guy is doing, like the, not wanting to give that guy credit for the way he is playing. I, Boy, I tell you what, it, yeah, you're right. Perk is, uh, is embarrassing himself. By the way, I did get a hold of J.J. Reddick yesterday. So J.J. Reddick going to jump on the show um, probably in a couple of weeks. Yes! As we get closer to the end of uh, regular season. Well, Reddick once again came to 
Jokic's defense yesterday. We'll we'll play some of that later. But I, I think the thing that Perkins is missing out on is first of all, let, let's establish a couple things. One, Jokic is an incredible incredible passer. Okay, not not mm-hmm. news breaking stuff there. Two, he's very unselfish. We've seen many times before, before he was ever accused of stat padding, of being quite content to go through games in which he's taking uh, a minimum amount of shots, right? Correct. The other thing, too, is his assist numbers going up. Well, that corresponds with Jamal Murray's game has gone to another level that wasn't he wasn't at earlier in the season. Michael Porter Jr.'s game has gone mm-hmm. to a level that wasn't there earlier in the season. And so what do you have when you have somebody who is a good passer, a willing passer, an unselfish passer, and the guys around him are playing better. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna be willing to give up the ball. And when he gives up the ball, there's a good chance that the guy who maybe earlier in the season would have missed that shot right. is making that shot. Yeah. Uh if you want to call that padding your stats, giving it to good players who are knocking it down, then I guess you're padding your stats. The bottom line is what, what did Michael Malone say? I think J.J. Reddick said it. When he did the broadcast the other day when the Nuggets took on the Clippers and beat the Clippers, and he was talking to Michael Malone, and Michael Malone says that uh, he was talking about, about Nicole Jokic's game. He said he doesn't fight the game. He never fights the and And, you know, it, m- maybe that makes sense, maybe it doesn't, but to me it makes perfect sense because I understand totally when you are in sync and in rhythm with the game that's being played, the game that's getting called, everything just operates well. When the coach throws out a play, you know it's coming in before it even comes in. Everything just flows well. And you don't ever fight the game. And, and we've all been in games where I think we fight the game, where we like nothing we're doing is quite working well. And that's like at the end of that type of game, win, lose, or draw, you're exhausted. The games that everything just flows well, where you never fight it, where every call just seems to be the right call, those games are easy, right? They just flow well. You don't ever fight those games. And that's what he says about Nicole every night. He's just going to make the play that he needs to make to help his team win. And that is not padding your stats. That's caring about winning. What's it going to take tonight for me for our team, for me to lead our team in a victory. Oh, tonight it's going to be assists. So every night it's going to be rebounds. Oh, tonight I'm going to have to be a big scorer. We've seen it. Hey, man, when he needs 40 against the Clippers, he gets 40 against the Clippers. When he needs to be more of a distributor or, or you know, not worried about the play. Hey, I need 20 tonight. All right, we'll get 20 tonight. I, I, he doesn't care. Here, here's why I know he's not a stat patter is because most guys, most stars in the NBA, they – Perk is right about this. They know their number. They know what they're averaging, Mm -hmm. and they find a way to get to that average, even on a night where they're not having a great night. Carmelo was very good at that. And I'm I'm not singling out Carmelo. There have been plenty of really good scorers over the years who just, they know the number to get to. And the reason why we know that Jokic isn't a stat pattern is because we called this yesterday. We We know him well enough to know this is how he's going to approach this game. After the Clipper game on on Sunday night in which he took over down the stretch, right. he knows different opponent, Houston, bad. He's I don't need, a, he, I don't need, to, I don't do need to do as much. And you know what? I'm going to let somebody else eat tonight. And we saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> we missed out on the number of shots attempted by two. Right. And correctly called that he would have just about as many as assists as shots taken. So if we could see that coming a mile away, 
That's not a stat pattern. Yeah. It's um. He had fourteen points. That's it's not a stat pattern, right? It's a bad. Well, it's just a. You know, it's just another way to create a narrative that isn't isn't real. Um, to try to draw attention away from one dude and put it on another guy. That you have more of a desire to win a uh, an MVP, which is just it's silly. Well, the most important thing, Nuggets got another win last night, one thirty three, one twelve over the hapless Houston Rockets in uh, H Town. Jamal Murray, we thought somebody might go for forty because everybody's going for forty plus against Houston, but it was Murray who was leading. Score. Murray was my guy that I picked. You did pick Murray. I picked I picked MPJ. MPJ only had seventeen, but Murray was the game's leading scorer with thirty two. So thoughts on that? Uh, you can hit us up on the Robleslot dot com text line three zero three seven one three one zero four three. Up next. Wow, uh, Russ w- Russell Wilson. It didn't take long in the preseason for him to start checking some of those boxes that he needed to check. Latest examples coming from Sean Payton yesterday. Next, when the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter. Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. We had a good dinner. There was a group of people at our table. Joe Montana was at our table. So I know Russell was interested in talking about, you know, where we're going. And I was interested in learning from Joe Montana. So uh, it was a good conversation. And uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the start of the season. John Payton yesterday at the Combine. So it was a dinner. We had, we had talked about that during the Super Bowl. And I, I, my initial feeling was that it had been a dinner, and then some people were like, no, 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 they just kind of you know bumped into each other. Well, right? no, no, I'm saying I don't know that they that Russell was at the table with Sean and Joe Montana. I think Russell came over to their table, so having dinner in the same restaurant was my assumption. But Russell came over, you know, to make small talk because that's what you do in NFL circles. Hey, guy, how you feeling? You doing all right? Yeah, you You're doing good. good? You're healthy. Learn that. Learn that from you. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't. It doesn't feel like because he would have said. I think he would have said, "Hey, we were sitting down. Me, Russell, Joe Montana." He said, "I was sitting at the table with Joe Montana." I think Russell just came by. Well, I hope Russ had a chance to talk to Montana for a little bit because you've been around Montana. Sure, I would hope that Montana would take that moment to deliver some blunt truth. No, Montana wouldn't have said anything. Nothing then. No, ah, not, not the right, not the right, not the right time. All right, so missed opportunity there. But I did like what uh, Peyton revealed that apparently Russ and Drew Brees live near each other, mm-hmm. and that uh, Russ has been wearing out Drew Brees with a text. Right. Uh I know some think that's classic Russ being Russ and annoying Russ. I don't know if if the stated goal is to be like Drew, and part of the reason why you're excited about having Peyton coach Russ is because of Peyton coaching Drew. Isn't that a good thing? Is, is why is it that anything Russ does is just negatively? It's slanted in the negative. Why why can't you say here's a guy who acknowledges last year was crap? He needs to change some things. He needs to be more self aware. And so whether it's obviously in the early part of the preseason, uh, offseason, losing losing weight, that that's clear, or reaching out to a guy like Drew Brees about about 
making that transition, being more Breeze-like, picking his brain, all that stuff, working with Sean Payton. That's a good thing to me. That's not Russ being annoying. That's Russ being proactive. I would say correct. I, I think that, you know, trying to get as much information as you can on the system, on what Sean Payton's like, what he likes to run, how he likes to call a game, like all those things are really kind of doing your due diligence. Now, you know, can Russ overdo it and be annoying? You know, sure. I mean, that's, but some of that is hyperbole, you know. Some of that is when you're a storyteller, you don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story. And Sean Payton's a good storyteller, right? Oh, he's wearing Drew Brees out. He, da, 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 da. It, like, like, take that with, I'm sure there's a bit of embellishment there because it's better. It, it's, you know. You, you always want to have a little bit, you always want to make it a little bit more grand than it really is. So I think that's that part of that is Sean, you know, telling the story and making it fun and entertaining. And I don't doubt at all that, that Russell was, you know, hitting, hitting Drew Brees up and asking him questions and, you know, about the system and about how Sean calls a game and just about how Sean prepares and reacts and you know like you want to is that good isn't that good of course it's good of and and it's part of your preparation to make sure that you know you can can get up to speed as quickly as possible i would think oh you got some people in this town you got some people on this station who just want him to flat out fail just fail (laughs) they're yeah, I don't I don't see any issue. I mean, you can get over to the top, you know, you can be somewhat annoying. Um, all those things, you know, have that capability. And and Russ certainly, you know, from an awareness standpoint, we've complained about his just lack of just lack of overall kind of awareness of the situation, right? Being tone deaf to the situation. But I think it's always a good thing to try to figure out what a guy likes, what a guy, you know, what. Hey, man, I, I'm here to to serve and work, and and Russ knows more than anybody like how bad he was last year and how much he needs to improve. So, like trying to get a jump on that that, that improvement is a good thing. And we, like we, you we, pointed we, out, hey, man, he's frolicking in the beach right now. He looks quite a bit more slender than he has in past off seasons. Yep. 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 We talked to Brock Huard. He said he always put on his yep. Mexico weight and, yep. you know, and going out and doing He always come back, look a little puffy. Yeah. He finished the season looking puffy. Right. I understand that puffy look. You start oh. having, you know, it's a one-basket night, then the next thing you know, it's a two-basket night, then the next thing you know, your wife and your daughters are talking about their period, and you've four baskets down of chips and salsa because you can't listen to I that. I can't believe you just said that. What? Oh, God, I hope Mrs. S is listening right now. Please, 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 in the name of everything that is holy, please. You've been... That she was listening right you've now. You've been at that table. You've been at that table before they start talking about stuff that you don't want to hear. Yes. Yeah. But I'm not going to articulate it on the radio with thousands of people listening. Ooh, scandalous. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I thought you I and I were just having a yeah, conversation. I was just having a with you. That's, a, that's, that's both the, uh, the blessing and the curse of this show. Yeah. Is at times we just get caught up talking that we forget that people are listening. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like we're having I mean, our, own, our very own conversation. Yeah, yeah, everybody can relate to that. And you're like, oh, Lord, can we not talk about this, you guys? Can we? Serious. And then you're just 
chowing down on chips, just crunching chip after chip after chip, so you don't actually hear anything. You're right. in your ear, four baskets in, you're like, <laughs> wake up, you got all kinds of swelling, your cheeks are all puffy, you got to go on TV, or you look down, your ankles are hanging over your shoes. You're like, how did I get to this point? How did I get this fast? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, hey, it's a tale as old as time. That's funny. Coming up, we've got the uh, morning brew. Michael Malone just heaping praise on Nikola Jokic. Somebody has to do it. And another, another player on Avs fans' wish list gone. Details next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Well, that was an easy one to predict last night. The uh, Nuggets on the road in Houston. Rockets stink. Nuggets locked in right now. Took care of business. 133 to 114. Another triple-double for Nikola Jokic. Only scored 14 points, but we expected that would be a night where he'd be more than a willing passer. And believe it or not, Michael Malone, even after two straight MVPs, has seen a lot of growth from Nikola Jokic this season. The intangibles. Uh, I think those are the areas that Nicola has grown the most. Early in his career, learning how to deal with adversity and referees and controlling your emotions, being mentally tough, and then also just getting more and more comfortable stepping up and putting yourself out there in a leadership position. And when you have examples like Nicola doing that because, hey, this is my team. I don't like what I'm seeing right now. I'm going to address it. That has a tremendous impact on the rest of our group. In a huddle, he'll take the board and he'll talk about something he sees. And uh, it just has a tremendous impact on our group when they hear him kind of taking charge. Have you seen, felt that kind of change in him this year? I think this has been a process over the... Remember, we used to complain all the time about like, hey, you're not getting the calls. You're not a superstar yet. You're not going to get those. And, you know, he would throw the basketball down or pout or just get whatever and get it teed up. And you don't see that from him anymore. And now he is getting, you know, along with some of the calls, he's getting a lot of bear scratches. A lot of bear scratches. I'm telling Man. you what, I still think he's in some Serbian circus. I don't know. He, went, he went 10 rounds with cocaine bear or something. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Do you kind of have a... Seriously, like, I have almost this little... I don't know what it is. Like, this desire. This is small desire to just sneak off for two hours and go watch cocaine bear. I know my wife has no No, I do, too. I do, too. Why can't Raj get us to that premiere? Oh, I know. You wouldn't fall asleep in that. You know, that bear's ripping stuff up in the daytime, Raj. (laughs) They should introduce... On a screen that you can actually see, because it's not just... not raining. Doused in gloom and doom and rain. Yeah, this bear's cheery, because he's all coked up. (laughs) By the way, could you imagine if you introduced Cocaine Bear to Batman? That, and he's just... Cocaine Bear's just pissed because it's always raining and it's so dark oh, and he's just right. tearing crap up. <laughs> I'd love to see Batman just get mauled by, I am vagina! <laughs> I'm being attacked by a bear! It's a bear! I've got nothing in my utility belt yeah. for this! Where's my pepper spray? <laughs> That's right. Batman pepper spray. Next 
on the uh, morning boo, brew, boo, 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 it's already oh, it's got, already off I still got three more. I stayed up late last <laughs> night watching Will Trent. I got I got three more. I can't stay. I can't stay up late watching Avs or basketball. I fall yeah. right to sleep. You love that Will Trent. Trent. I yeah. really like right. it. I know you've been telling me to get into that one. Yeah. So uh, I'll get into that when you get into Yellowstone. How about that? All right. So scratch another name off the Avs trade wish list. Whew. Had to go slow through that one. Patrick Kane dealt to the Rangers. Yeah. I already saw people with Patrick Kane Rangers yeah, jerseys. That one's been that I don't like one has been trending for a while. The New now. York people bother me. Hey, another player going west to east. Mm-hmm. Let, let the East let get the, caught up in right. their arms war. We're just uh sitting back and say, see ya. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes it easier for us here. But as we get closer to the trade deadline coming up on Friday. You starting to get a, a gut feel about what the Avs are going or not going to do? I just don't think there's... I, I mean, will they make a, a move? Possibly. I mean, they made a move for Jack Johnson. It was a great It was a great move. He, he skated for 19 minutes. He had 19 minutes of ice time. Smooth transition. Um, I don't think they're... At this point, and I don't know the names behind it, Mike. You would know better than I do in the hockey po- award-winning hockey podcast, I might add. Uh-huh. It's exceptional. Another one dropping tomorrow. It's just like Queen. Just another one bites the dust. I don't know the name. And like, are there any? I don't feel like there's a lot of big names, big centers out there that are that are you know desirable. No, at this point, I'm expecting a a move that gets made, which which may not blow anybody's doors off, but did. We think we we're getting our doors blown off when they acquired Valeri Nechuskin. Did we think last year when they acquired Arturi Lekanen that they were getting somebody that was going to blow our doors off? And yet we're talking about key, key guys right. in, in winning a Stanley Cup. So, look, I've got nothing but faith in this this front office. This, 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 this is a case where I can trust the organization. Mm. And so I expect them to do something to... to Add to the top two lines, probably a forward, but yeah, I don't. I would not expect any of the the big big deals. That, I they're not going to go out and get another center. I I think they are quite content to roll with JT Comfort as their second line center. Maybe Alex Newhook, Evan Rodriguez can play some center. Heck, if you had to, you could put Miko Ranton in in there. So I I don't think you're going to see anything big. Patrick Kane on his way to Manhattan, Gotham. Next on the uh, Morning Brew. Sean Payton admitting, yeah, Vic Fangio was the plan. Do I think he would have been a great asset for us? Yes. And so we were planning, you know, in this year away, if if the right scenario came up, that we'd work together. And I think this one was just a little unique because it wasn't too long ago he, he was here. But certainly I tried, talked to him, tried to twist his arm. And I'm excited for his opportunity in Miami. I think he's a talented coach. I we went against each other for years, like our teams, and uh, it was always a challenge. Hmm. He did say, you know, I've never worked with Vic before. This this would have been the first time. Right. So that's something to keep in mind just because they're, they're friends and because they may have similar outlooks on things. They've never worked together. So Wait. until you've really worked together, you, right. you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. 
No, but you've gone against him enough to know how difficult he is to plan for. And I think that's where the coaches get so much respect for certain guys. I mean, you walk through the halls of NFL facilities like I do every week, and Vic Fangio's name is not, it's not like a name taken in vain like it is here. You know, it, it, there is, you put some respect on that name when it comes to his knowledge of defense, um, and how hard he is, you know, to, to score against and to, to prepare for. Sean also said yesterday, he uh, looked out at the media and said, you scared Vic away. And and there's truth to that. Sure. Because Vic, Vic would have come here had he not just been the coach here. But it was. And, and Peyton referenced it a couple times. Yeah. That it was just, it was too close. It was too close to the time he was here. It was still too raw. Yeah. And, you know, plus he was in... High demand elsewhere. Miami wanted him badly, so he said, "Yeah, that was that was Plan A." But you know, thanks to D Mac, who uh, you know right. left a, left a bad taste in Vic Fangio's mouth, he's like, "I don't want to come back here." So I blame D Mac. All right, so D Mac, you wanted Vic I Fangio. I blame you because you drove Vic I away. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think D Mac. Yeah, Maryland. All is, these guys. D Mac is the real reason Vic yeah. Fangio wouldn't. Come. He could not. He could he could not bear thinking about standing in front of that podium once a week and DMAC peppering him with the, the hard hitting questions. Right. So you know DMAC's all about the plan. Hey, you got for you, DMAC. Hey, you wanted plan A, right? You gotta have a plan. He had a plan. A plan that was ruined by you. That'll do it for the uh, morning brew. Bring that to you each and every morning at uh, six thirty. Want to react to anything we just covered? Hit us up on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. As fans, how are we feeling about the trade deadline? Uh, Nuggets fans, what do you think about the Kendrick Perkins accusing Jokic of stat padding? And uh, Pete Carroll weighing in on the speculation that Russ wanted him gone. That's coming up next. Larith and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Someone said it last night. I forget what I was watching. You know, they have success last night. I don't think the upstairs meeting room matters to anybody. I don't think it matters because I didn't see any articles from any of you prior to week one or week two, and that was happening. But that's what happens when you lose. Everything gets looked at closely, including the coaching. So and we'll have a way of doing business, and I think it'll be um, what I'm familiar with and best for the players. A little bit of clacker dropping right there. From Sean Payton, hey, I I read the article. I saw the piece in The Athletic. I've heard the stories about what went on here last year. Yeah, okay. I've got my way of doing things, and sure. they won't happen here under my watch. So, and, and, and it's, we've talked about this. It's not a problem if you're, things aren't ever an issue when you're winning. It's when you're losing that... Yeah, well, can I, can I push back on that? Because sure. he, he did make a fair point. He said, look, none of this stuff mattered until they started losing. Uh, not exactly. And I'll forgive him because he wasn't here. But we we started at least talking about the potential problems as soon as he got dealt here, Russell. We, of course we did. Okay. Because we had seen it or heard it and we had monitored from the Seattle Correct. side. How come they're so excited about getting rid of a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback? So we said that all these things could exist if what? If they don't play well. Correct. 
and they played like garbage, and the rest is history. But how much chicken or the egg here? What? Yeah. Why is the chicken funny? Because. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, have, you, have, you, have you used that I'm one yet? Not, I gotta oh. get my, I'm going to get my granddaughters. That's going to be a note. Look, I'm going to put it on yeah. my Put it in your handy dandy notebook. notebook. Okay, hold okay, on. Write that down. Write Chicken, it down. Chicken funny. Come on, Nuke. Chicken funny with kids. K-E-N funny. Uh-huh. N-N-Y carpool. There you go. Good. Oh, the girls are going to love that. Oh, anyway, that's a great chance. But the idea is what, what... Okay, what comes first? The idea that... Hey, giving Russ all these privileges, having Russ have an office on the second floor, right. it only became an issue when they started losing, or did you start losing because of that? Yeah, I, I, I get that. It, you probably only because they started losing. It's a great question, and I think the reason I, I think the reason you started losing right off the bat is because you hired a bunch of incompetent people. You know, that was an experiment gone, sadly, wrong. And myself, listen, man, I was, there's nobody more supportive in this town of Nathaniel Hackett because I think he's a really smart football coach, but I just don't think that his approach and the way they allowed him to build the uh, the coaching roster, I, I just don't believe that that, you know, that that was good enough, that that worked. And and obviously he got fired for it. But, you know, I point a lot of that mistake and a lot of that um, issue to George Payton, who made all the, you know, who made all the, the concessions to Russ and to Russ's people. And there, I, I've told you this a million times, man. There has to be, there has to be a system of checks and balances within any organization. And I know you can be, you can be the greatest coach in the world. You can be Mike Holmgren. You can be Mike Shanahan. You can be, you know, one of these great coaches. If you don't have a system in place, if you don't have to answer to somebody, if they, like those things can can eventually, you know, sidetrack you. As eventually, they can eat away or erode your organization. So you've got to have people who challenge you. You've got to have people who basically tell you, you know, call you on your bull, call you on your baloney. Speaking of Pete Carroll, he was asked yesterday at the Combine about the report in The Athletic that Russ tried to get him and GM John Schneider fired. A similar response that it's always been with, with the guys that I've coached, that um, I'm always going to hang with them, and I'm never going to leave them, and I'm going to be there at the end of all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff. I'm going to still be there. And so... Uh, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm hanging. And uh, it doesn't matter who the guy is. If you, you look at all of the guys that have come to our program, just not go back to the college days, but just here at, at Seattle, regardless of what has happened, has taken place, or the things that have been said at all, if you hang with them, it all comes back around. And uh, I like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and, uh, and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to, to us along the way. So I'm good. Basically, Pete said, uh, I'm going to be here. And Pete's right from the standpoint of you walk into that organization, Mike. You walk into the Seattle Seahawks building, man. It's a good energy. There's a competitive feel. Um, I really feel like the guys love playing football. Pete loves coaching football. And I think he's really good at it. And you know what? Some guys get their toes stepped on. 
Some guys, they make decisions on business-wise to say, dude, we love you, but we ain't going to pay you that much money. I, you know, look at middle linebacker Bobby Wagner. Look at Wags. I mean, he's on the move again. When played one year with the Rams, he's on the move again, looking for another spot. It, they get to the point, and that and that's always one of those business decisions that you know guys like Pete or guys like John Schneider or guys like Mike Shanahan will come to you and be very honest with you. Here's where we sit. I'm just not going to pay you that much money, and you know that can get that can bruise a player's ego, and they can be really pissed for a season or two seasons, or a season of life I'm talking about, not just a season, but a season of life. Ed Pete, but eventually I think most of them come back around. Got a lot of reaction earlier when we were discussing Kendrick Perkins of ESPN accusing Nikola Jokic of stat padding. Some astute textures pointed out that Perkins was a teammate of Russell Westbrook's mm-hmm. with Oklahoma City. Westbrook had a stretch where he had Average a triple double per season four years out of five. Right. And so is this Perkins showing some sort of uh, loyalty to Russell Westbrook for, hey, maybe, maybe averaging a triple double for the season doesn't, doesn't mean as much that what Jokic is doing because, hey, look at Russ. He did it three years in a row and four out of five. Mm. Although I, I find it interesting that I suppose. If Perkins wants to make a claim of stat padding, he would know. He would know because he was there with Russ when they were stat padding. That was obvious. I mean, you want to talk about obvious stat padding where guys would get out of the way to make sure that Russ Russell could get get a rebound. Mm. Uh, by the way, Russell Westbrook during his Triple Crown seasons, on average, played three to four minutes more per game than Jokic has this season. Start adding that up. Three to four minutes per game over the course of 81 games. It's a lot of extra minutes where you think that maybe he stayed in games longer than he needed to to get to those right. triple-double levels. Well, I think, I think I mean, I don't know what, I don't know why, other than, you know, other than the athleticism and, and this, that, and the other. But, you know, Kendrick Perkins kind of Nikola Jokic-like when it comes to athleticism, he wasn't the oh, just oh, a big Lord, no, big, you know. Relatively speaking, I hate to call Jokic unathletic, but in the parlance of NBA players, he's not athletic. No, but he is still exponentially more athletic than Kendrick Perkins ever was. I know, ever. I think he's exponentially more skilled, and maybe there is some jealousy there. That you look back on your career. You know, one of the things, it's funny, I, I I spoke to Western Michigan. They've gone Owen five cents. But I spoke to Western Michigan. That's true. You yeah, did. You yeah. spoke Ooh. to Daniel's team. The Daniel's team. And they have not won. And they have not won since. And I, I credit myself. But Where's Ooh. the Jinxie cat, huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, one, Johnny, where's it, where's it for Mark? One of the things that, that I always tell young young players is my hope for you regardless of how far you go in your athletic career, my hope for you is that when it's done, you can look back over the time and and not have any regrets. Maybe you weren't good enough to play professionally. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But that you don't look back on your life and go, shoot, I wish I would have worked harder. Man, I wish I'd have studied more. You know what I can honestly say about my career? I couldn't have worked any harder. 
I couldn't have prepared any more. I couldn't have played any more injured than I did. I, I couldn't have made any more sacrifice than I did. So when it was over, it was over. I was fine. It was good. I've never looked back and go, God, I wish I would have. There's nothing I could have done more than what I did. And maybe Kendrick Perkins looked back on his life and go, you know, I wasn't, this, I wasn't that skilled athlete. I could have worked a lot harder on my moves, on my stuff. Because you look at Nicola, he's just sublime when it comes to basketball knowledge and everything else. Do you look back at yourself and go, you look at a guy like Jokic say to yourself, man, I could have gotten a lot more out of my career than I did. Not that he had a bad career, but I could have gotten a lot more out of it. I don't know. I don't know, but it's there seems to be a lot of hating going on when it comes to Perk. Coming up, we have four down territory. Michael Malone talking about uh, Jamal Murray and the role that he played in last night's win. And more from Pete Carroll. This time, how he feels Russ will fit with Sean Payton. That's coming up next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 